Now, we talk about money-saving tips and trying to get a better deal generally each week with Joel Gibson, and he joins us once again. Joel, good evening. Hello, John. Now, we've seen what's happened this week with the Woolworths boss and Brad Banducci and the Woolworths results, but it's part of a much bigger picture, isn't it? I think it is. I really do think it is. You know, I'm calling 2024 the year of the price check, and it's not just supermarkets who are in the um, hot seat. It's... uh, You know, I think insurance companies have got it coming at the moment. I think they've been announcing some pretty fat profits in the last week at a time when they've raised premiums by an average of 16% over the last year. So I think, you know, there's some pretty harsh scrutiny coming their way as well. And of course, you know, we don't need to to tell people what's happened to the Qantas brand since they chased profits at uh, the expense of their customers uh, for the past couple of years. So there is definitely a trend happening out there. And um, Brad Banducci's just... The first, uh, you know, the first to go in what could be a very tough year for some big company CEOs. Because the argument is that they have such a big turnover that a ostensibly very large profit in terms of the actual number might be a fairly thin margin. That's the argument that they put up. But is that still washing? It does to some extent, you know, that they, they are large, very large businesses. So the, the raw numbers don't tell you so much. But I think what does tell you, um, you know, the numbers that I think are getting under people's uh, skin are the, the fact that they, their profits, their net profit has risen by about 4% um, over the year. Now, it's slightly lower in this latest round of Woolies six monthly results. It's down to 2.5%, so it's come off a bit. Um, but those net profits are rising at a time when prices, you know, at one point prices had gone up by around 7.5%, according to the ABS, on food over the course of a year. So why are profits rising when prices are rising? That's what consumers are asking. And, uh, and supermarkets are in the firing line, but there are plenty of other businesses out there whose profits have risen much more over the past year. It's really just, I think, supermarkets turn to try and justify their prices at the moment. Um, they're the ones in the crosshairs. But as I said, I don't think they'll be the only ones this year. Okay, so it, it, there's a whole range of them, isn't there, where they're going to have to justify it all. People are going to be breaking it down. There's, I mean, we, we do hear calls from certainly the Greens talk about some form of price regulation. That's not going to happen. It has to come from public pressure. And then you've got the shareholder issue, haven't you, where, of course, uh, if they start to uh, give a better deal to their customers, their, their share price will be marked down. Well, yeah, I mean, look, realistically, most of us are shareholders of these businesses and customers uh, through our super funds, right? So to some extent, we're all benefiting from their profitability. They're big employers. You know, they need they need to be profitable to invest in their own businesses and to grow their businesses is, is what they argue. Those are all valid arguments. But it's just a question of the balancing act and whether they've got it right, you know. I, I always paint the job of a CEO of a big listed company as being spinning three plates in the air one of those plates is your shareholders another one is your customers and the third one is your employees and you've got to keep those three plates spinning and i think some big businesses in the past year because of this inflationary environment we're in have probably let the customer plate fall off the top of the stick uh, a couple of times and shareholders are very very much getting the better the better of the um yeah. of the of the situation at the moment. Yeah, look, Brad Banducci of Woolworths, he, uh, he, he agreed to an interview, Four Corners. They would have known it was all about uh, prices and uh, the level of their profits and their relationship with their suppliers. And so 
and yet the, there was the situation where he's he's walked out of the... Can we ever listen to that? So I want to get your comment on that. Rod yeah. Sims, the former head of the ACCC, says that we have We're, one of the most concentrated supermarkets in the world. Is true. he lying? It's not true. His words are that Retired, we Retired, by the way. I, I don't think you would impugn his integrity and his understanding of competition law. I'm just saying the world has got much more competitive. He retired 18 months ago. He's not... Okay, let's... Well, can we take that out? Is that okay? I should... I mean, he, he is retired, but I, I shouldn't have said that, Angus. Are, are we going to leave it in there if we are? Well, I mean, if, if we're on the record. You said it. I mean, you know, let's, let's move on, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, um, I'm, I think I'm done, guys. Uh, you know, right, right, I, I do right, this with right. good intent. You know, I don't do this with bad intent. No. You're walking out, really? No, no, no. Can we just talk to no, no, Brad for a second? Let me just... Let's have a minute. It's, uh, it's not a great look, is it? It really isn't. I mean, if you are the CEO of one of these companies, you need to know the rules of engagement when you engage with media and you need to be able to front up and answer tough questions and um, keep a straight face. And, and unfortunately, uh, this is going to be a very, very tough year for the CEOs of Coles and Woolies. They're going to have to front Senate inquiries. There's an ACCC inquiry. There's a Queensland government parliamentary inquiry. They're going to have multiple tough media interviews like this. And if they're not up to it or not up for it, um, then uh, they're going to the board will look for someone else. And obviously today it looks like there has been a process in place for some time to uh, find and name a replacement for Banducci. But it does look. But it was a shock, sudden sort of announcement. And so you do wonder if the um, if the announcement has been brought forward as a result of the of the events this yeah. week. I'll just mention something because this just in terms of preparing for an interview. And you've said this that you go to an interview like that. And you'd need to be prepared. Now, I think it was more than 20 years ago, I was doing an afternoon show. And Roger Corbett, who was the CEO of Woolworths, came in. He, he agreed to come in and talk about you know, anything at all. He wanted to come in and talk about Woolworths. So, yeah, it's fantastic because we've been asking him. So he came in and I remember he had, I reckon he had four advisors there around him. And I saw some of the notes you could see. And a lot of the notes were about predatory pricing, competition policy, all of those issues. What amused me that day was all the questions from listeners were about the eight items or less line and how it's properly policed and how you know where the where various things are in the supermarket, the practical side. There weren't too many questions about all that other stuff from the listeners, but that's what he prepared for. And it's always stuck in my mind. So you think you're going to do a Four Corners interview on the over, overview of it all. You should be properly prepared, shouldn't you? Well, yeah, and I actually, I think he was prepared for the for the tough questions. Unfortunately, what he wasn't prepared for was the sort of rules of engagement of media interviews, and that surprises me because he would have had a team of people. Yeah, uh, they would have done mock interviews and run through uh, example questions, um, and uh, and and ultimately, you know, he was tripped up by the fact that he he thought he could ask the the journalist to take something out of the interview which had already been set on the record, and of course. It just doesn't work that way. Once it's set on camera, uh, it's on the tape, and it's in the it's in the um, in the final cut. Look, you you often talk about what we get for what we pay. We pay this amount, and it's what we get. That's sort of what you do. Just on not just Brad Banducci, but all these other people. There's a there's a there's a head of a law firm that's on seven million or something. It was announced this week, and I think what would they what would they do for that? So the presumption that you need to pay millions and millions of dollars to someone to be the CEO of a large a large uh, large company like Woolworths, and if you don't pay that, you're going to get someone that's not as good. I think that's rubbish. 
when you think about, say, some of the really clever people in our society that say, uh, we spoke to one the other night, principal of a comprehensive high school. Uh, you've got uh, people who are running large departments that are much more complex and you know, they'll do it for five, six hundred. You can live very well on a million dollars a year is a massive amount of money. Why do you need to pay them multiple millions of dollars and presume that if you don't, the person that's going to take the job won't be able to do it as well? Yeah, very good question. I mean, I think there's a market there for, for good corporate leaders, obviously, and the one argument is if you don't pay them that, someone else will. Uh, so there's always that. Yeah, uh, and- <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying, I reckon if you went into Woolworths, you'd probably find someone who's worked there for decades, knows the place inside out and could do the job and you say, well, would you do the job for half a million? In a heartbeat, and I reckon they might do it better. It's only the way I the way I see these things. Anyway. I think you're right, John. I think probably 20, 30 years ago, a lot of the CEOs of these businesses were people who'd worked in the business for their entire lives. Now there tends to be this kind of CEO class, this executive class. You know, they go to INSEAD and do their uh, MBA or Harvard they go Business to School, Harvard Business School, and they they, sit at meetings jump. and talk about let's open the kimono and all the cliches they use. And anyway. Yeah. And then they jump from company to company and yep. building their CV until they um, get a shot at one of the big um, big chairs. Yeah, yep. that's that's the sense yeah. of the way it works. That's a yeah. it's a, it's it's a nice gravy train to be on if you're on it, uh, but I'm not sure it proves that you're doing any better job than someone else would. But that's maybe it's a conversation for another day, Joel. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I mean, one thing I will say is that uh, you know, to, to even get a, an interview for these jobs, you should have to be very, very good at dealing with a tough uh, media interview. Yeah. And I'm, I'm amazed. I'm amazed that Brad Banducci um, couldn't get through that interview, which was just going to be the first of many this year. So let's yep. see how his successor does. Exactly. All right. Fantastic, Joel. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thanks, John.